Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Lodestone Training and Consulting Podcast. I'm Jared Ross. I'm Chris Johnson. And today, our topic is going to be turning your home into a castle. Uh, before we get going on, on the actual topic, we want to let you know some of the upcoming events that we have. Uh, December 26th is our Freedom Day. This should be uh, a day that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's very inexpensive. We're only charging, was I think, $25 for people to come out. And we're going to have stations set up for pistols, rifles, shotguns. So you bring your guns, you bring your ammo, come out. We're going to hang out. There's going to be a lot of free prizes. Um, shoot the drills that you want to and then just get to the back of the line. You can go ahead and shoot it again. We'll be switching out the drills halfway through the day. And in addition to that, we will also have a shooting competition where we're going to be giving away some velocity gear, courtesy of F3, F3 Tactical, as well as uh, a couple of $250 gift certificates to Ammo Supply Warehouse, uh, LTAC Swag, as well as a, a lot of other stuff. So it should be a good day, a fun day to come out and just enjoy each other's company and do a little bit of shooting. January 30th, we have at LTAC Headquarters, we're going to be having... The Home Defense Series Part 1, this is a four-hour seminar where we get into single-man and two-man CQB, our close quarters battle. Basically, we'll be teaching principles and techniques of how you uh, can clear your home in case of a home invasion, as well as uh, two people working together, i.e. a husband and wife clearing their home in case of a home invasion. And then also we get into some different uh, points of how to harden your home and, and basically prepare your home. So it goes along with the same theme as this podcast. And then February 20th and 27th, we have the Intel Workshop Level 2. I'm extremely excited about this one. Been building this for a while. Really hope we get a good turnout on this. It is going to be two separate Saturdays of Intel product production. Day one, the 20th going to take you through a product that I've built, how I built it, what the thought process was behind it. That whole Saturday, we're going to break it down, digest it, go through everything that is necessary to build your planning product. You're, you're taking all the information that you've gathered and put it into a format that then you can make decisions off of, that you can make plans off of, that you can brief other individuals with. Then you get a week off to collect your information. Uh, Wednesday, during that week, we're going to get together via the interwebs for about an hour or two. I'll be online to answer any questions, to kind of help you guys out as you're collecting your information. And then the 27th, we're going to come back that Saturday, and we're going to then build our products together. We're going to walk you not only just step by step, but we're going to take the information that you have and turn that into intelligence. So, you know, personally, I just bought a house. In buying my house, I built an Intel product because I had to be able to turn to my significant other, my wife, my family, and explain this is why we got this house. So super useful information. Uh, great tools are going to be given in this class. We've condensed it as much as we could into two days. I would prefer to have two weeks, but, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, evidently everyone doesn't have two weeks that so they can take vacation time just to go to an Intel course. Uh, so we've got it crammed into uh, two very, very powerful days with uh, a requirement of you guys doing some homework during the week with some guiding uh, on that Wednesday. And yeah, I'm really excited for this. That's going to be a good time. All right, so for the topic for, uh, for today, turning our home to a castle. 
So if you go on to the LTAC website and go to the briefing room under articles, we have written a series of articles, and I say we because we had a lot of different people who, who contributed to that on some various topics and, and things to think about. Uh, just some of the, the articles that we did uh, were labeled The Gray House, Shutters and Boarding, Locks, Lights, Camera, and then Action. So those are some of the articles that, that, that were written. And uh, what we're going to do today is we'll, we'll start off with Chris. Chris, why is this topic so important and revel, re- relevant for you right now? Well, like I said, I just bought a house. <laughs> so uh, when we wrote these articles back in April, uh, May, mm-hmm. I had been in a house that I had owned for 14 plus years. I had done a lot of these things. Now I'm starting all over from scratch, uh, kind of from scratch. Uh, because I did my good preparation work and I picked the house, uh, some of these things were taken care of in advance that, you know, came prepackaged. Uh, some of the things I'm going to have to change. Okay. So that first article then that, that we wrote, The Gray House, what does that mean to you? All right. So this is one of my favorite times of year. Why? Drive around your neighborhood. Are you matching or do you stand out? Are you the guy or gal that has every Christmas light up and down? Your entire house can be seen from space when your neighborhood is completely blacked out. Or are you the guy and gal that your neighborhood has Christmas lights all over the place and you don't? This is a good way to understand how you're fitting in with your neighbors. When passers-by, when people come into the neighborhood, you know, delivery drivers and you know, anyone that's coming through. Is there something about your property that stands out? Is there something that draws attention to you? And why is that such a big idea? Well, some people love that attention. Hey, you know, attention is great. It's just like when we talk about social media. Um, what You have to understand when you're putting stuff out there, who are you putting out to? You're putting out to the world. If you're advertising your wealth, look at all my bling. You got to understand there's nefarious people in the world. There are people that are driving through neighborhoods this time of year. Hey, Black Friday just happened. They're looking at trash cans, all right, looking to see who has big TV boxes outside. Now, this is kind of cliche. I mean, we hear this all the time, but it's true. People are looking for affluent homes that they can break into. So when we, uh, we talk about making ourselves blend in with our neighbors, it's that camouflage, you know? Um, yes. I had a neighbor in Tennessee that, man, this guy, I, I, it just made me laugh every time I drive, but not in a bad way. I mean, like I was excited to see this guy's house because he was an artist. He had sculptures in his front yard. I mean, like weird stuff and the kids all got excited and that's, that's great, but it drew attention. It, it caused people to look at his property. And, you know, good people like myself looking at him, like, hey, you know, that's pretty cool. He's got that, you know, that statement going on. But there are other people looking as well. There are nefarious characters out there. Reminds me of a, a friend of ours. I, I think you knew Terry. I won't mention. Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. Yep. Okay. yep. So um, uh, a friend of ours, a really good guy, and he was a big proponent of being prepared and, and having food storage. Well, uh Hurricane comes through uh, Vietnam, 
and in his little neighborhood, cul-de-sac, knocked out all the power, um, caused a lot of problems and havoc there. So uh, what did he do? He, he was ready. He was prepared. So as he was telling me, he the day after, he opens up his, his garage door, wills out his grill that he had because he didn't want to cook inside, so he starts cooking his food. Well, then his neighbor, who wasn't prepared, uh, saw that and was a little hungry and, and came over and, and, hey, we don't have electricity. Uh, do you think you, you could cook, cook something for us? And then, uh, long story short, for about three or four days, Terry was feeding his entire <laughs> cul-de-sac um, off of his food and stuff that he prepared. And on one hand, hey, good good for him. Um, you know, that's, that's a nice thing to do. But yeah, I, I mean— it was an emergency. Mm-hmm. The power is going to be restored. Things like that. Okay, I understand. But that's an indicator of what could happen in a real bad situation yep. when things may not be restored in a timely fashion. So because he wasn't gray there, because he immediately stood out, look at all the resources I had. He had every single one of his neighbors coming over over there with their handout, um, taking away from his resources. If he wouldn't, and again, that was okay. It worked out then, but in a much you know a longer term problem uh natural or man-made disaster whatever uh you do that and you do that for a little expen- extended period of time and now uh you're out there in the soup line with everybody else you know trying to beg for your next next meal you know it's funny you bring this one up because i was going to talk about this yeah uh one of the things i'm looking at purchasing for this home is backup power mm-hmm. we had an incident last october um well october 2019 uh, i guess we've had another October since then, um, where we had the power knocked out in Clarksville, Tennessee, for about a week. And those that had generators provided power for all their neighbors because all their neighbors showed up, and no neighbor brought anyone gas. Oh, what? Yeah. They just used they the energy? Just, oh, yeah. Didn't provide hey, um, You know, my, my freezer's running, so I don't care. Uh, so when I'm looking at backup power for this house, I'm really heavily looking at solar and, you know, like the Gold Zero and Kodiak and those different products, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some of the, the true battery backup systems uh, that I can run. And one of the biggest draws is the clandestine nature of it, that I can be running my my refrigerator and my freezer without my neighbors hearing the fact I have power. Yeah. Because that, that incident that I, I experienced, you know, and, you know, I'm not saying that neighbors are bad. You know, they're not bad people, but when they're not prepared, you know, people panic and people want what you have. Yeah, exactly. So that, that principle of, of the gray man in the gray house, I think that's one of the best ones that you can utilize with your home in all, for all the reasons that you said and that we've been talking about. So you need to take that look around. What are my neighbors? You Just like you said, what do they look like? How can I look like them so that I don't stand out? You know, one of the things as a Green Beret, and I will say as you and I are both real Green Berets, you need to know your operational environment. There's this, you know, this idea or this perception that to be a Green Beret, you need to have a big old beard and uh, you need to be tatted up and, 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 and other things. And that's what a Green Beret, Green Beret looks like. But uh, there are times when having that beard is the right answer. When you're working in Afghanistan or some other places where you need that to show that you're a seasoned uh, individual and that you have some wisdom, um, perfect. But there are other times when I've needed to be in my operational environment, or needed to know my operational environment, when I'm going to be working around 
the brass of, of regular armies. So when I'm walking around and interacting with sergeants major of you know different units as well as colonels and light colonels, um, I've had a high and tight. Yeah, I'm, I'm an SF guy with a high and tight with a nice looking uniform because that's what blends in. When I was in Iraq, one of the many times, uh, we had a neighborhood that we could not get into. Anytime the tan Humvees came rolling through that neighborhood, early warning went off and our target squirted. I needed to get the information where our guys were, so I shaved off my mustache. And I had a glorious mustache. I mean, this thing was, it, it could fight itself. I mean, it was amazing. Um, and I put on a regular army uniform and I put on regular army body armor and I carried a saw and I got in a striker and I stood air guard and I had a helmet cam and I drove through this neighborhood for a week and I collected a ton of information that got turned into intel. I was willing to make that sacrifice to blend in. Now, if I've been like, oh, well, I'm going to go with these guys, but I'm going to stay, you know. Chris the Green Beret and wear uh, my Hawaiian shirt. Because you're just that cool. Because I'm that cool. You know, hey, you can't tell me what I have to do. It wouldn't have been nearly as effective. You have to be able to blend in. Yep, absolutely. So, again, that, that principle of the Grey House, that's, that's one of the most important things to prepare and to protect your and home. easy. Yeah. Like, you know, some of the things we talk about, like buying cameras and new lights and things like that, you know, there's a price point there. Walking around your neighborhood and be like, hey, my neighbors trim their hedges or, Hey, my neighbors don't trim their hedges. <laughs> you know, uh, these, these are kind of easy things to, to blend in. Um, you know, not painting your house bright pink. Uh, you know, unless everyone else has, unless everyone, yeah, everyone's got to, then you might need to assess your neighborhood a little bit yeah. better. <laughs> okay. So let's move from, from that gray house. And as we're kind of starting from the outside, that appearance and start working in, uh, one of the next logical things are the ways to get into the home, windows, doorways. So let's talk about windows first. Yeah, absolutely, windows. So, um, you know, if you're thinking about it, think about uh, the Carolinas, Florida, these these areas that have uh, these huge storms. They have shutters, not decorative shutters, but they have working shutters. They have wood slats that go in front of their, their glass fragile windows that they can secure from the inside. Uh you know, keeping with the gray man, you know, you can have the decorative style shutters, just put hinges on them so that they're actually functional. Um, if you don't have shutters or your, your neighborhood, it doesn't have shutters, have pre-cut slices of plywood that can be slid into, uh, channels or canals, uh, around your windows to block off, to protect, you know, where, whether you're looking at a storm or, you know, civil unrest. I mean, just look last month. We had the election. All the businesses in these major cities, what were they doing? They were boarding up their windows. The idea is that you do it now. I'm not saying board your windows up, but have it prepared. Either have shutters prepared that you can put in or have slaps of uh, plywood that are in your garage that in, you know, time of dress, you can put up and fortify your location. You can take those those windows that are fragile, that it just takes a brick to go through, and add a layer of protection. I think that's a, a key principle, is to prepare now while you can. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's hard. We don't want to think, like, well, someone's going to come up my driveway? And, well, 
this last year, we have seen groups of people come up driveways. So you may be in a very nice neighborhood right now, and that's great. Prepare now. And at the worst thing, it never happens, but you do have that really bad storm, and you have something to put up and protect your windows. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's just a win-win. So then let's, uh, one of your hobbies is, is locks and lock picking. So yeah. from the windows, let's, let's talk about doors. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, the first time I was ever on a grad at any school was a lock picking course. <laughs> and uh, that, the team was like, seriously, you're like our moral compass. How are you a breaking entry guy? Like, do you have a dark side? Um, locks just make sense to me. Uh, first thing about a lock you have to remember that locks only keep honest people honest. All right. If I want to get into your house, if I really, I'm going to break that window. I'm going to break that door. I'm going to use demo. I'm going to use a shotgun. It's going to slow people down. Okay. Which gives you time. Now there are some phenomenal, uh, you know, high speed seven pin anti pick locks out there. Yeah, go ahead. Spend the hundreds of dollars for that. But if you're not locking it, it's worthless. Uh, you know, we just bought this new house. We go through and we check all the locks at night before we go to bed. You know, we're coming in and out. I've, I'm going out to take the dog out for a walk. We check the locks. They're useful. All right. Upgrading your locks. We have our traditional, you know, handle lock, the little, you know, flip the switch works either side, you have your deadbolts. You gotta make sure those things are installed properly. This is the biggest problem that people run into. They don't install them properly. And the article that we wrote about locks, we, we went into a little bit more depth what you're looking for in proper installation. Um, I'm not gonna go into that lengthy description here, but make sure they're, they're installed correctly. And then after that, after your deadbolt, think about those other locks that you can have, you know, your chains, your hasp, uh, your bars that you can have on the inside of your house. Um, I have sliding glass doors in my house, which means I have links of board that I have now cut that will fall in behind that because a sliding glass door lock is actually pretty easy to maneuver and manipulate. So we have a little piece that goes behind it. Yes, someone could throw a brick or break the window, but it's all about buying me time. You know, I want to make this that they can't just casually get into the house. They've got to put effort into it. I want them to work for it, which if I'm home, allows me to react properly. If I'm not home, hey, they're just things. You know, if my family's not there, they're just things. So with the doors, um, that's an upgrade that some people might want, depending on what their, their entry points are. They might want to get thicker doors, heavier doors, all, you know, solid. Change board. out the screws. Mm-hmm. And then, so then along with that too, then you need the frame that for the door mm-hmm. and then the existing uh, structure itself. So you could have the most hardened door and you can have good bolts, but if you have you know, a weak frame or, or a weak uh, you know, construction of the house, you, you can go right through that thing. You know, I, Hollywood doesn't always get things right, but sometimes they nail something right on the head. Do you remember the show Burn Notice? Yes. There was an excellent scene i'm not i can't even remember the rest of the episode but he he's attacking a structure for whatever can't even remember why but the guy has a like armored armor plated door and he's talking about all these things 
but he literally has drywall right next to it. <laughs> uh-huh. So it's like, yeah, that's great. You, you have that, but you have something I can just punch through on the other side. Um, so, yes, you have to understand what materials you're utilizing and what those material benefits are going to give you. I, uh, I remember seeing a video, I think it was from Brazil, and, and before I tell what I saw in the video, um, you need to think, too, with the end in mind. Why am I hardening this door? What am I, am I trying to protect? Am I actually building um, something that they're going to have to use battering rams to kick down for, for whatever reason? And if so, why? Who, who, who are you that, that you're, you need that? And if you do, you know, good for you. Yeah, that's the end in mind that I'm going yeah. with, you know. Um, if you're getting in, you earned it. <laughs> so uh, this video that I saw, I think it was Brazil. It was definitely somewhere in South America. Uh, some, I don't know, it was national or local, whatever SWAT team they were, were stacked and getting ready to make entry into, I assume it was a, a drug house or a narco house. And the door was a um, hollow core door. So this team, I guess, setting their charge on it and video is them setting the charge and they're all stacked up ready to, you know, to, to blow this little charge to cut the door in order to, to make entry. But apparently um, in preparation for this, that the narco, whoever it was inside, he purposely put a hollow core door that he then filled with C4. So when they set off this little door charge in order to cut the door to get in, it, of course, set off the C4, which then, of course, took out almost the... Well, the all the SWAT team that I saw in the video, who knows if any of the other guys were far enough away to survive it, but it was a pretty tremendous blast. And uh, so I guess he was prepared in, in, in his own way. What, what, what is the end of mine? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Okay, so we started with, with the outside appearance, you know, being in the gray, gray house. We talked about you know, windows, doors. And so now what are some of the other things that you can do to help protect? You know, so going in the concept of uh, illumination, let's go with lights. Uh, you got to be able to see. Criminals are like cockroaches. They don't like light. All right? So security lights. All the big box stores right now, Lowe's, Home Depot, Walmart, any of those, you can go in and you can find a solar power security light with, you know, 3,000 lumens or whatever. Um, yes, there is a difference there. Some are better than others. Um, but for the majority, they are all weatherproof. Um, they are solar, which means you don't have to run any electrical lines or anything like that. You just have to screw it into your house somewhere. Um, the biggest thing that I have seen between the $30 Walmart brand versus the you know $100 Lowe's or Home Depot is the life on it. Um, one thing that when you're dealing with any solar power system, look at the batteries that come with it. Uh, are, is it capable of taking a different rechargeable battery? Because you can get better rechargeable batteries. Uh, the other is what kind of weather sealing does it have on it? You know, is it just a, a plastic ring or does it have a silicon ring? Um, what's going to help with the environmentals? Uh, the more expensive ones, you know, they spend more money on those environmental sealing things to, to keep them lasting longer. Um, and then you just, you find the dead spaces in your property, the places that you can't see, the places that someone could approach your property, and you illuminate them. You set up these motion sensor lights. Uh, I have right in front of my driveway. It's, it's great right now. Um, someone pulls up my driveway in the middle of the night or at night. Um, I have a security light that turns on. 
And it lets me know that someone has just pulled into the driveway because, hey, that light just turned on or someone's in my driveway. Yeah. Um, and it, for me sitting inside the house, that's kind of a nice thing because, hey, I see a light. I know that I need to go look out the window. Um, it, it triggers a reaction from me. Uh, but lights are, are great. It, they can be expensive. But, you know, like all things, you don't start your, you know, firearms collection um, going and purchasing, you know, your your three-gun set, your pistol, your shotgun, your rifle. You do it slowly over time, you know. Um, identify the key areas, the things that you need to cover first. Obviously, you know, some sort of backup to your porch light. That small little 60-watt bulb, you know, you flip on uh, and you try and look out the side window and, you know, the pizza guy knocks on the door and, and 6 o'clock at night and it's dark outside. Think about putting another light there, uh, the backyard, uh, places that have limited visibility, and then expand your rings out. Um, like I said, I when I first started writing these articles, um, I was living in a house that I had been there for 14 years. I had layers of lights. I had layers of security. I, I had in dead space where I couldn't see naturally because we had woods behind our house. We had a light set up there. So I think that's really really the key is when it comes to lights, start with what you got and then add and add and add. And dead space. for We've said that a couple of times. Um, what's the definition of dead space? Uh, something that I cannot see, that I visibly cannot from my, my vantage point. Like think of if you're on one side of a hill, the opposite side of the mm-hmm. hill. That would be dead space. If you are in a room, it's behind the couch. It's something that you can't visibly, visibly clear with your eyeballs. And you need to be able to have some other form to uh, let you know what's there. So then like your driveway, as you described, if you don't have eyes on that driveway, but then you see light come on and, you know, light that's shining or ambient through, you know, a window. Coming you through, know, yep. Okay. That, that gives you that idea that something or someone has now entered that space and it's something I should potentially check out. I think that leads right into uh, the cameras. To cameras yeah. Exactly. So yeah. with all that dead space, those areas you can't see that's where you're going to want to want to put those cameras. And, you know, cameras, you, again, you can go to Walmart and you can buy a box of cameras. You can go to Harbor Freight and buy a box of cameras for like 200 bucks. It's got a little receiver. It's got some cables. It's got some cameras. Um, you know, there's the ring. There's a bunch of different things out there now. I mean, it's not 10 years, 20 years ago that to get cameras, it was a massive investment of money and you were talking with specialists and ordering them from these, you know, uh, manufacturers that dealt mainly with like businesses. The concept of having cameras at our home is, is everyone does now. We're not being that odd person. Actually, you know, you kind of blend into being the gray man having exactly, one, you exactly. know, kind of like having a can. What? 20 years ago, you've got a suppressor. Oh, are you an assassin? That's right. And now you don't have one. You're kind of odd for not. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but yeah. So, um, with the cameras, you can build elaborate systems. One of the things that I will definitely recommend is look at a system that grows. The problem with some of the cheaper systems that you might get at Harbor Freight or, or Walmart or something like that is they're a four-camera system or they're an eight-camera system. That's all you get. Uh, they don't have expansion. Um, spend a little bit more money with the idea of, you know, on, on your receiver that's going to be getting the information from the cameras uh, that you're going to get, you're going to grow. Because just like the lights, so you start off with covering your front porch. So now when the doorbell rings, 
instead of getting up and looking at the door, you hit the uh, alternate input button on your TV, and boom, there you go. You have or, a or or your phone or your phone. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like the TV. I like the big version, mm-hmm. like you know, sixty-five inch person, you know, right there. Uh, you can see w- what's going on. You don't have to get out of bed. Uh, those type things. And then expand out from there. You know, once you've covered all four, four corners of your house, your driveway, maybe down by your mailbox, um, you know, like w- go with the dead space areas, the places that you can't see. If, you know, you have a larger backyard, um, cover everything. It's just giving you an advantage. It's giving you um, pluses in those minus columns. So think about the difference between a prepared home and uh, unprepared home. So you have a home invader or home invaders and they're coming down your driveway and if you have the, those lights, boom, the light's on. If you have a camera, hey, something's pinging. So you can see it there or you can see them as they, they come up to your door or if they come up to a window, again, you have lights on, you've got the camera. That's all buying you that that time. So you can see that. Now you can start enacting the plan that you've already developed so that if they come to that window and if it's hardened, it's going to take them a while. They come to your door and you have a good door and you have good locks. Again, they're still determined and they eventually will get in. But now, as you said before, this is buying you all kinds of time, plenty of time for you to prepare to do whatever your course of action is. Contrast that with having none of these preparations. And all of a sudden your door flies open and then now you have just a matter of seconds compared to 20, 30, 40 seconds, a minute of, of preparation and time to not only to put into effect your plan, but also um, you might require that that mental uh, time to realize what's going this on. This is happening. And then immediately start to, you know, start acting. Yeah. And it, it buying time is it's giving you an advantage. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to seek every possible advantage we have. We're not going to stop that person that is dead set against getting into the home. I mean, barring having, you know, concrete pillboxes and machine gun nests and things like that set up that are manned 24-7, we're not. So what we're doing is we're layering security that is going to allow us to be prepared so that when we see that light come on, the camera lets us know that we have people coming down the driveway and they have nefarious intent and we can hear them trying to get through the door. They're trying to get through the windows. It gives us time to get the family, get them to the safe place, whether you have a dedicated safe room or, you know, it's a, a closet in the far back of the house and you may have a ballistic blanket or just a blanket. That well, well, let's talk, know. let's talk specifically about, about safe, rooms. safe rooms. Okay. So what is a safe room? A safe room is basically a some place that you have predetermined and declared in your home, this is where we're going to rally, or this is the place we're going to fall back on. And because of that designation, then you should be doing things to harden that that room, to prepare that room, whether it's um, take it as far as putting ballistic paneling in that room and a reinforced you know, ballistic door, and then having things to prepare it in there, radio, firearms, ammunition, med food kits, and water. food and water, uh, Fire extinguishers, uh, all sorts of stuff. And again, with that one room, that's that's your Alamo. That's the place where you're going to fall back in. Um, so that's that, that's a train of thought. And, you know, 20 years ago, who built safe rooms? You know, the the elites that you know might have a stalker, people that had more money than they needed. 
And today we look around and think, hey, you know what? I might need to fortify. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, it, it just like with everything here, it starts in layers. It starts by identifying. Where is, where is that fallback place? Um, and, you know, having a plan and going through it with your family, you think, all right, this is going to scare the kids. You know, if anyone breaks in, this is what you do. And I'll tell you from experience, no, it, it doesn't scare them. It empowers them. Having a plan, knowing what they're going to do in case of emergency, it, it, it'll, there, yes, there is fear. But then they have that courage because, yeah, the scary thing's happening, but you know what? I know what I'm doing. Exactly. It's much better to have those fire drills or have those drills and practice that plan and have children be a little concerned or whatever at that moment and then get over it, giving them that dose, that that stress inoculation, then all of a sudden trying to enact it and uh, when there's a real threat, um, when somebody really is breaking down that door, someone is already into your home. that's not the time to, to do it for the first time. My girls have, have their plan. If mom and dad aren't there, you know, they know what their roles are. And it's hilarious to hear them. Be, we were just out at Thanksgiving with family, and my daughters recited what their responsibilities were. And everyone kind of looked like, that's interesting. But that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Our kids don't know what to do because they hadn't thought about it. So some of the other things that you can do is get to know your neighbors. I think that's extremely important to uh, to know your neighbors, whether they're they're good or or they're not good. You know that that's for you to determine. But if you just completely isolate yourself and don't get to know them, then you're not going to be able to know um, who you can trust or who you can't trust. What a great time of year! I mean, you know, I bought a house, so that's there's reason for this article here or this uh, podcast. But right here. It's Christmas time, okay, or religious holiday of your choice um, for everyone. Uh, Christmas. Christmas, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, bake cookies. Bring cookies to your neighbors. Hey, it's the holidays. Everyone is being nice to everyone right now, all right? Sometimes the rewards in doing that are, are outstanding. So when we moved into our new home a couple years ago, um, we did that. We baked cookies to go meet our neighbors, and uh, we gave them to some of our neighbors, and they were very nice, good conversations, nice to meet you and everything, but uh, our neighbors across our, our street um, just happened to be Amish, and when we gave them uh, these place, plate of cookies, they thanked us and everything, so the payoff came a couple weeks later when uh, the mother, who was across the street, she made some some donuts. These were fresh <laughs> donuts. And uh, so some of the kids and the father came over and thanked us and said, my wife just made these here. You can have some. So when I received this plate of very warm donuts, the uh, powdered sugar was still powdery. And I thanked them and I set it down and we talked for a couple of minutes and I went and got the kids to, hey, they, they brought these things over. And then when I came back to look at the donuts, I was like, wait, what happened to the other donuts? Because this is a new plate here. They were so fresh and so warm that the uh, the powder had caramelized. And now there's a glazed donuts and all. Oh, those were good. So see, you know, we gave them okay cookies and we got back some glorious donuts. So, so that it pays. Yeah, I, it's a great time to get to know our neighbors. And when we do that, we know who we can rely on. And on the other side, we know that, hey, that guy's going to be coming to my house to borrow my lawnmower. And 
yeah, I got to have a good excuse why I can't. Yeah. Well, I had, or our family had a, an experience when, when we lived in Fayetteville. Uh, as most of you probably know, we had a couple of home invasions in the first home that we lived in, um, which... Par you know, for the course for Fayetteville. Well, for that area, <laughs> Vietnam, yeah. And in, in that, you know, I had to use the shotgun once. My wife had to use the shotgun once when I wasn't around. So that was a bad neighborhood. Yada, yada. We finally moved, and we moved into a nicer neighborhood in, in Fayetteville, or just outside Fayetteville. And I knew it was nice, and we got to know our neighbors a little bit, but I didn't realize how nice and how good of a neighborhood it was until um, one Monday evening, um, the, the church we attended, or the congregation, what they did is they kind of um, sent out uh, people to go and do anonymous, you know, give anonymous gifts or whatever. So it was a Monday night, they hear this uh, uh, knock at the door, and it was kind of late, like around 9, so it was a little out, out of the ordinary being that late. And I went to the door and looked out the peephole, didn't see anyone, and of course I had um, my firearm behind me, you know, in my hand, behind my back as I'm looking at this door, or you know, looking through the door. So then I slowly opened it and I saw a box sitting on, on our porch. So then I opened the door fully and didn't see anyone outside, and I looked down in the box, and here the box had... Uh, like a, a gallon of ice cream and, and some cookies and some other stuff. So it was just, you know, a person from church who's just trying to be nice and dropping off this anonymous, you know, snack or this treat. So as I opened the door and I looked down, and as soon as I see this, I hear this, our neighbor, uh, new neighbors who live next door to us and a retired military, they're an older couple. And I heard her yelling at the top of her lungs, don't touch it, don't touch it, don't touch it. Some white boy just put it down there and, and then he ran away. <laughs> So, <laughs> thanking her for looking out for us, you know, it really showed, hey, we're in a much better neighborhood. We've got good neighbors. They're looking out for us so we can look out for them. And uh, that's that's really, that, that's the thing to do is, is start to build that, that network. Because, I mean, that's who we're going to rely on. You know, I mean, we have to be able to trust those around us. And we got to identify any threats. You know, get the inf information and then turn it into intel so that you have something to plan and and use. Uh, you know, the big takeaway about this whole thing is don't look at it as the giant elephant. Oh, I have to improve my security. Take those small bites. Identify some simple things that you can do. Meet the neighbors. Right now, great time to do it. Uh, hey, do I need to trim my hedges? Maybe I should put a light over the basketball hoop, you know? Uh, things like that to slowly improve. Do it a week at a time, a month at a time. Do it now before it's too late, before you're like, oh, man, I really wish I had put something over those windows. Cool. So another thing with, with action that, that we've been talking about, you know, we talked about getting to know your neighbors, doing fire drills with your family. But another thing to do is to learn the basics of room clearing. Um, I think the right thing to do in case of a home invasion is to make your way to that uh, to that safe room. You know, let them, who's in your home, do, do what they're going to do, and that way bringing them uh, to you, if necessary, if they're that aggressive. It's a lot. Uh, it is less safe to be the aggressor and to start moving forward and trying to, to clear those rooms, but there's definitely a, a time and a place for it. If you need to gather your family, if you need to make your way to the, the child's bedroom to, to get that child or whatever the case may be, there are things and techniques and principles that you need to know how to clear rooms, whether you're by yourself 
or whether you're, uh, you know, working with someone. Here's a fun story. I just bought the brand new house. The wife and my youngest daughter are out here with me. And uh, we had been out all day getting stuff for the house, you know, buying all the cleaners, all that stuff. It's like nine o'clock at night. I am tired. I open up the door and I hear the TV's on. The TV was off when we left. So now I have, you know, what do I do? All right. Well, we have liability. We have Zoe, my youngest. So wife secures daughter. Now I'm going in one man clearing thinking, what's going on? My dog wasn't freaking out. That's something we haven't talked about, having a dog. We'll talk about that. Yeah, dog wasn't freaking out. Um, Go through, nothing had happened. What did I find? I had left the remote control on the floor, and the dog had turned the TV on. (laughs) (laughs) But there was that pucker like, oh, just bought this house. Why is my TV on? Going through, seeing what the situation was, having to make that decision, and we hadn't had that plan. We hadn't had that discussion yet. We didn't have that. I found myself in that, oh, man, I wish I had prepared this moment already, and I've only been there a week. So there's a lot of different, oh, there's a lot of good information. There's a lot of BS information that you can find out on the interwebs about how to, to clear and, and what to do and what not to do. But that's, that's something that you should should definitely do. And you have the benefit of, one, it's your home. So you can set up how you want you know, it. You can. You can set it how you want it. You can close those uh, those windows down so, so no one can see into your house. And, and then you can practice. And I highly recommend you practicing and and clearing and pine corners and you're looking for those choke points. And that's some things, again, um, to set your home up for success. It is your home. So your home already has natural choke points. There's also some that, that you can pre, you know, prepare or redesign or, or manipulate your home to, to cause them. So what do I mean by a choke point? It's a place where people are, are funneled or forced into a, a smaller area, tighter area, or you know, to, to, to choke them down in, into that area. A good example would be hallways or stairs or, or something like that. So I, I know a family who they live inside a, the city and they own a row home and including the basement in that home, it, it's, it's four stories. So their plan was that they had a prepared room or a safe room at the very top. Their thought or their idea was that if they hear someone breaking in on the ground level, they were all going to retreat up to, to the top level. And thinking that if if those who have gotten into their home, if they're being that aggressive and if they're chasing them or going up there, then at that point they felt justified, even though you know, this is Pennsylvania or whatever, if someone breaks in your home, you're completely justified to defend yourself. But they felt that getting up there, they'd be more easily able to defend themselves. So what they had done through their preparation, and which you know makes some sense, is the stairwell going up to the, the third floor, the top floor, in their home was really narrow. So they figured they'd be able to wait and prepare themselves up at the top of those steps so that any of those threats or any of those uh, um, people who tried to get there, they would be funneled or they'd be you know, channeled at, at that choke point into those narrow steps leading up to them. So it'd be very easy for them to protect themselves and defend themselves. So, so that makes sense. So then along with that, after they had established that this was going to be their, their plan, they started looking at it. Okay, and if we shoot down these steps... Uh, we're in the city, and, and our next-door neighbor literally is attached to, to our home. So uh, we're talking some drywall and a little bit of wood, and now we're going to be 
you know, shooting into our neighbor's home. So what they did was, and I thought it was genius, is they went and bought a cheap bookshelf, and then they bought all kinds of cheap 25-cent, 50-cent books from, from a Goodwill, and they stacked this bookshelf with, with all these cheap books that they weren't planning on reading anyways. But what they did is they made a really inexpensive and completely blends in bullet trap that they placed them at the bottom of those steps. So then if those threats being channeled into that position, then they were would be able to defend themselves and shoot down those steps and then wouldn't be they no longer had to fear over penetration because any misses would be going right into that bookshelf with those hundreds and hundreds of layers of pages of books and all those layers and making a fairly effective bullet stop or bullet trap. And then in addition to that, then they looked at uh, the side of the wall of those steps um, that would be on the opposite side, or it would actually be the side where if those people were deciding to to attack them or to get to them, then they made sure that that wall was, was thin so that they had the ability then to shoot through their own wall in their own house to where those people would potentially be hiding. So all this um, was very easy completely blends in so anyone who didn't know was in their home they, they wouldn't even have the slightest idea that, that that's what it was so that's how they prepared um, but I thought that was for them that was fairly well thought out it just takes a little bit of thought mm-hmm. and you know looking around your house and saying what can I do to make this better and that's all we're doing here is we're improving our foxhole yeah pretty much another thing that I've seen people do and that you can do depending on your house, is that's strategically placed mirrors. Oh, my mother-in-law, heading down into her basement, you know, her basement isn't like a, a storage basement. It's another uh, family room and craft room, and it's very, very nice. She has a set of decorative, like a clock and other circle things, but she has a mirror. It's a fisheye mirror that when you're looking down from the top, from the kitchen into the basement, you can see into the basement around the U, U-shaped stairs. And when you're in the basement, you can look in that mirror and you can see up into the kitchen. Her intent was that, you know, you're not going to run into anyone on the stairs because it's a, a U-shape, it's a, a blind turn. Um, my When I looked at that, I was like, oh man, that is great. I could set that up, you know, a mirror just like that in my, in my house mm-hmm. coming up my stairs and I could see everything in the living room. And I could set another one up and I could see everything in the dining room. And, you know, they're they're decorative. It's something that you can incorporate in that, you know, someone else comes to your home like, that's a odd place to put a mirror. We're not talking about grabbing like a, you know, a flat mirror that is something, you know, big and bulky that you'd buy for like the bathroom or the bedroom. Something decorative, but make sure that it does have a good field of view. You know, the fisheye mirrors are great. Then incorporate into your decorative plan. It, the I, the thing with those mirrors too is that you know why it's there oh, yeah. and, and you're ready for it. But anyone who's in your home and who's invading your home, it um, blends in with all the other decorations. It, it blends it, and they're not going to necessarily be be seeing that or recognizing that. Now, if they're long enough, okay, maybe they'll they'll figure that out. But that's going to give you again that advantage of of a second, a couple seconds, sort of that give you that that preparation and time to set to to do whatever your course of action is. So I mentioned uh, the, the dog. Uh, my dog was was calm. Uh, funny, last night Jared decided to swing by the house uh, on his way to go pick up some milk at like 10 o'clock at night. I don't know. The guy needs to drink less, go fast, and get more sleep. Uh, <laughs> go fast. Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, everyone's in bed. I'm up. 
I open up the door, I let Jared in, and my dog goes nuts. Now, my dog has met Jared. My dog has, Jared was over at my house yesterday afternoon, and the dog was just happy and, you know, but the fact that there was another male voice in the house after dark, after we had done the locks, he knew this wasn't normal. So he starts barking. He starts saying, hey, there's something wrong, there's something wrong, there's something wrong. Until he comes around the corner and sees me with Jared and, oh, oh, it's okay. But all his senses, he heard that voice that was another male voice. It wasn't the right place. It wasn't the right time. So he started to alert. He started to let people know, hey, there's something that, it, that I don't feel comfortable with. Um, you know, animals have senses. There's a reason why we domesticated them and started keeping them around us. Uh, yes, whether you have the little yipping Pomeranian or you've got a big, you know, well, guard dog. And that's just, just what I was thinking is we're not talking, even though your, your dog is capable of, you know, putting up a fight, that's not what we're talking about. No. We're talking about, again, with the, this layers of, of protection and hardening your home, it's that, that animal, that dog, now is alerting you in case something else failed. So alerting you, hey, there, there's something out of the ordinary. Something's not right. So that gives you that, again, second, five seconds, ten seconds. It gives you that little bit extra preparation it's all, time. all about that layering, you know. Um, I'm not saying that you should have a, a German Shepherd working dog that you spent $10,000 worth of training on. And I mean, if you do, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I wish. Uh, but a, a dog just in general. The other thing, you know, you look statistically, you know, go to prisons and interview uh, people that have committed uh, home invasions and things like that. They avoid homes with dogs. They avoid because of that, you know, we're afraid of things with teeth. You know, whether it, they just hear the barking or, or what, people are afraid. They're going to skip it. They're going to go to that, that soft target. They're going to go to the next house, which, hey, it's not mine. So that dog did his job. You know, it's funny. Uh, my sister-in-law, her husband was traveling and she was home by herself, and there was something that, that unnerved her. Her, her spidey sense was going on. And at the time, they didn't have a dog. So what'd she do? She got on YouTube, looked up dog barking, <laughs> and started playing dog barking. And you know what? Whether there was someone outside her house or not, no one came in her house. That's funny. You know? <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, another... Uh, thing we can add to this is what is the ideal weapon for home defense um, a lot of thought out there a lot of people advocate for one thing or another and in my opinion the absolute best firearm for you to use for home defense is the firearm that you know best you want to go to the thing that you're the most familiar with um, even if you have some you know, it, it I won't even like give an example it doesn't, doesn't <laughs> matter um, you want to go to the weapon that you know best because that's the one you will best use under stress. Yeah, what you're what you're trained with, what you're comfortable with. You know, there's a reason why I picked what I use because it's what the family's comfortable with. We have worked with that particular weapon system, so everyone, including the ten year old, is comfortable with it. That in that case, that they're the last one, they're ready and they know what to do under that stress. Um, and you know it's. What do you have? Yeah. You know, uh, it's funny. Uh, I, your house is like my house. There's items in every room. My mother-in-law came to visit us a few years ago, and my daughters were like, oh, wait, Oma, you can't sit down just yet. 
and they reach into the couch cushions and they pull out this like double bladed hatchet that I had <laughs> that I had gotten it as a, like a white elephant gift somewhere. And like, that's where the couch axe sits. And I'm like, what couch axe? My girls have gone around the house and they have strategically placed items that if someone came in and they needed to grab something, they could go to the couch axe and they could go to the couch axe. <laughs> and so it, it became the big joke of, Oh, it's okay. I have the couch axe. That, that should be made if you haven't already. And if you haven't, I'm really disappointed in you. But uh, one of those free cards from Munchkin, that, that should be a... The couch the access. Yes, <laughs> yes. An extra weapon. Well, I was just thinking, you know, maybe maybe that's the next next shirt, you yeah. know. Hey, don't forget the couch <laughs> That's axe. right. Uh, that's funny. So w- with that weapon selection, that's, you know, again, whatever you can afford, whatever you have, whatever that weapon is that you know best, that's the one you should go to. So or right now, you already have that weapon. If you're listening to us, I'm... I'm <laughs> Pretty positive that, that that weapon, whether you consciously chose it or not, it, it's been selected. So with that weapon in mind, then it makes sense to try to get the most appropriate ammunition to, to protect yourself. And things that you need to think about is, you know, over-penetration or is it, if I'm going to have to use it in my home, where am I going to shoot? What are going to be the second and third order effects of those shots? Is it going to punch through the drywall? Is it going to go out of my home into my neighbor's home if you live that close to somebody. So then you want to start tailoring your ammunition, maybe get something, uh, you know, good defensive ammunition that will be devastating to soft tissue, but then won't over-penetrate once it hits brick or once it hits wood or once it hits drywall or, or whatever the case may be. Um, so those are, that's, now that you already have that weapon and you know, whatever it is, you need to think about that the ammunition selection. And I know right now it's, and was kind of <laughs> kind of hard to come by, but whatever the cost of that defensive ammunition, um, you should spend the money to get yourself a box or two um, with with that in mind. And then, after you have figured out or made that conscious decision um, with what that ammunition is, then you need to train whatever that weapon system is, whether it is a shotgun or whether it is a rifle or whether it's a pistol. You need to train. You need to become as familiar with handling and the function of that weapon as you possibly can and then you need you need to train that that's why we exist yeah it's it's getting out to the range it's getting that muscle memory it's doing your dry fire and then you know the things that we can't train you on that you have to do and this is on you getting out of bed in the middle of the night and getting to it do you keep your floors you know free of clutter is it stuffed in a closet somewhere can you get it when you hear the dog barks and you hear the glass break. Are you prepared like that? That's on you. Can't do that for you. When it comes down to it, it's your fight. It's your gun fight. No help is coming. So it's going to be up to you. We're here to give you all the tools that we can so that when you find yourself in that dark of night situation, you can win, survive, and thrive, and come back and tell us about it. Because, man, that's the best thing in the world to find out that we equipped someone with something that saved their life. Yeah, yeah. that is, uh, I can't even describe the feeling it is to, to get those emails or to have that person look in your eye and say, thank you. You taught me, and it saved my life. Um, that's doesn't get any better than that. So we've been spending our time here this past almost hour talking about Hardening your home, turning that home into a castle. 
We've talked a lot of principles. We talked a lot of examples. Um, if you go to our to the LTAC website, go to the briefing room, and then go under articles, there are seven or eight articles already up there um, that talk about and go into more detail about all these things that we've been been discussing. Um, and then, of course, we have all you know future classes and other things that all add into this. Really, I guess the best advice that I can give is take a real hard look at yourself. Think about what are the real world possibilities and how will those threats um, be targeting, targeting your home and how will they uh, try to get into your home and then come up with a course of action. And just like, as Chris said, uh, you're always improving that. that the that, foxhole. The foxhole. Yeah. I was going to say fighting position, but yeah, always improving that, that foxhole. At first, uh, that foxhole is nothing but just a glorified little hole in the ground. But as you spend time there, you live there, you improve it, you harden it, make it bigger, make it better, put overhead protection, uh, make the little grenade stump, all sorts of stuff you, that you can keep on doing to make that a s- stronger and more defensible position. That's what you should and you can be doing with your home. You know, a little bit of work today, a little bit of work next week. And as you keep doing a little bit of work, then uh, you can really turn your home around. So it'll still blend in, but boy, it's going to be a hard target for, for people to try to hit. Yeah. And I mean, it's do it a piece at a time. Don't get overwhelmed. Have a plan, but don't think you got to do it overnight. All right. I think that about wraps it up. Uh, Any other closing thoughts you have? No. All right. Well, thank you for for spending some time with us. And if you have questions on this topic or any others, go ahead and direct message us. And uh, we look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks. Take care. This is my house. I have to defend it.